Hello, and welcome to Barren Not Broken. This is your host, Bonnie Ruth, and I'm so excited for today's episode with my friend Sherry from the Awakening Worth podcast, and we have been able to collaborate um, before, and so I'm excited for her to share her heart for childless women and for you to hear more about the exciting things that she has coming up. So Sherry, thank you so much for being here with us today and just um, coming to share one, your story and just your expertise and focus. I, what I love about you that I have come to appreciate and admire is your focus within the childless community and just how intentional you are. You're always educating yourself, but then you're also helping educate those of us who are in this community to continue to grow and learn and expand. And I just admire that about you. You're always kind of fostering like this growth and healing um, environment around everything that you do. So I'm honored to have you. So thank you so much for being here. And so I'd love for you to just start and share with us a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do. And just tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me and for that lovely intro. (laughs) Um, It's really nice to be here and have another conversation with you. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Our last conversation was so, I I don't think either one of us realized how in depth it was. And it was Mm -hmm. just, oh man, I got so much out of it. Just um, hearing you share and just our back and forth was just kind of like, an unexpected, really beautifully deep conversation that would just was beyond what I thought it was going to be. So I know today is going to be good. So tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I joined the ranks of the childless probably about five years ago. Well, actually, as you said in our last conversation, 25 years ago, right. but I really kind of realized it about five years ago and was already on the coaching path and and started to help childless women, other childless women who were trying to navigate the grief and the triggers to really help them to not just do that, navigate the grief and triggers, but to embrace and create a new future for themselves. That's so good. And so tell us a little bit, like you, you shared like you kind of realized five years ago, um, do you mind sharing like kind of what led to that moment of realization and just how you, because like we said, we've 25 years, right? You, you didn't have kids, but five years ago, you realized like, this is the path I'm on. What brought you to that moment? Yeah. So it was a bit of a long journey. Um, I don't think it was as long as yours, but I I met my husband late in life. We I was 34 when I met him, but he was pretty non-committal. <laughs> we didn't get married till I was 40. All right. And I got pregnant when I was 39 just before that and and had my first miscarriage okay. at about 12 weeks into okay. that pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And that was really what started it all. I had another, you know, I tried to get pregnant again naturally and two years later finally did Mm. and then miscarried that one, Mm. had a third one after that and then started to explore. We did IUI first, a whole bunch of those. Yeah. um, Interuterine insemination, in case there's listeners who don't know that. And then we got to the, we didn't even get to IVF until I was... 
I think I was 44. Okay. And at that point, I didn't even realize how far into perimenopause I already was. Mm. I didn't yeah. have infertility. I was in perimenopause. Yeah. Yeah. And I just didn't know what I, I didn't, you know, the doctors kept saying your hormones are this, your hormones are that they're, they're not, you know, and I, I didn't, it didn't click to me that yeah. that's not infertility. I'm on the, the downward yeah. path. Here. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got to IVF and the only option that our specialist felt would work for us was using a donor egg. Okay. So we really had to think a lot about that. We had already sunk a lot of money into the journey and a lot of emotional, it was a huge emotional investment already. We were, you know, five years into it at that point. And my, I don't know if I've ever shared this on a podcast before, but my husband uses a wheelchair. He has a spinal cord injury. And so he was the one who sort of thought, you know, I think I'm good. I think Mm. that having a child is going to remind me of Mm. what I can't do as a father. And that kind of just sort of sunk in for me. Yeah. I really started to think, well, maybe we, maybe we could, I mean, we've been happy so far right? other than this all consuming journey. We we have a happy marriage. We have a happy life. Maybe we could do this. Mm. And we went back and forth. It was not an easy decision. You know, we made the decision and then we went back to it and said, well, maybe we can, you know, there's, it's not a clear cut. It's not, there's no, yeah, it's not. I think that's a good way to say it. It's not a clear cut moment. Even when you make a final decision, there's always a moment of like, okay, but, um, so Mm -hmm. I'm glad, I'm glad you just shared that because I think it's important for listeners to understand that is that you guys, us, like it it wasn't just a straight path to make this decision. It was so windy and dark sometimes. And then we thought we had clarity sometimes. It was just like a roller coaster. And, but I, I wanted to jump in and just share. I love that your husband's honesty and like that he felt safe to come and say like, this is how this could make me feel. And his mm-hmm. honesty in that moment with you is really beautiful because he could have kept that to himself out of love for you or wanting to uh, aspire to this, you know, dream that might've been in y'all's hearts that you were going after, but his willingness to say, this could actually be um, like an unpleasant experience for his heart in navigating his own situation. And so I just, I, I hope people caught that the safety to have a hard conversation like that is really powerful. And it speaks to you guys and your love for each other. Well, and you know that it's interesting that you bring that up because that, that was a long time coming. Yeah. He really resisted the fertility um, treatments. Okay. And I didn't really know why. Like yeah. he had sort of alluded to, well, I think I'm okay with yeah. not having kids, but he never really explained why. And I didn't yeah. get full support from him when I was going to those appointments by myself. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there are other women out there who oh, are sure. experience, yeah. experience that yeah. as well. And, and that didn't feel good. And yeah. it wasn't till, you know, the very end when he finally shared yeah. what was going on. And yeah. I think it took him a while to maybe even figure that out for himself. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Like just even knowing the clarity of it for himself to be able to share that with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you guys kind of navigated and came to that, that place, like you said, it obviously wasn't a clear path. Um, but once you made that decision, kind of what was your first step into, cause I know we have a topic today, but I just want to establish just kind of like what's led you to this place in your story. Um, but kind of what was that first step that you guys are like, okay, we are childless and this is our next step kind of. Well, that's a good question. I don't think it was really a we thing. Mm. Okay. <laughs> because we don't have, I mean, I, I really, you know, hearing a little more about your relationship, I, I don't think we have a similar openness all yeah. the time in our relationship. Yeah. So yeah. it was really, and he, and he didn't feel the level of grief that I did. Yeah, that's understandable. And for me, I think it it's quite it's cumulative. I hadn't processed the grief that I felt for my miscarriages. And yeah, I just I don't think it's possible for the partner to feel the same way. You don't yeah. experience that same the same. Yeah. In the same way. It's a physical experience for yeah. the woman. Yeah. It's you know, for for Mike, for my husband, he he didn't like, I didn't even look pregnant yet. Right. So the attachment to the whole thing was very different. Exactly. So, you know, there was all of that, that I was already trying to deal with. And then on top of that, trying to process, Oh, okay. Now I'm really not going to be a mother. Yeah. And my journey through sort of untangling what, uh, like my own feelings yeah. From what society was telling me that I should want. And yeah, I'm someone who just, I was so used to covering up my emotions that I didn't even really realize I was feeling grief. Yeah. And so that was really, I really just t- sort of started turning back to the tools that I was already using. I was already coaching women who had had miscarriages. Okay. And I started taking those tools, meditation writing in my journal, yeah, um, really sort of in a targeted way yeah. and started using those on this new part of the path. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that is something that I think is really, I think it's <laughs> when we realize our own grief, it's like, wait, how do I help myself now? I've been helping all these people, but how do I help myself grieve? Like it's so it's not funny, but it's like, you kind of have to laugh, not to cry of like, why is it so complicated sometimes for us to get down to our own heart and the place within us that we feel, um, the pain or the sorrow or the disappointment. Uh, we're so, I think sometimes it's easier for us to connect with someone else's pain than ourselves. And so I'm glad you shared just kind of even just those few things of like meditation and journaling and 
really just discovering, like you said, where you were. Um, and I think it's important that we do that, you know, um, because then we can live our lives and help other people know where we are. Um, and we talked a little bit about this um, on your podcast of like, sometimes we do have to help other people know where we are, but we can't do that if we're not self-aware and awake to our own um, emotions and, and process. So um, I always, this is kind of off the beaten path, but I always um, love how you um, verbalize things that you've realized because you do it in such a way in which it helps the other person like feel comfortable and safe to do the same. Like the way that you just shared that there's just something it's, it's why I'm excited to have you on because I hope that I hope people on the other end of this podcast will sense what I sense whenever we have a conversation. It's just like, even when you're sharing about yourself, you have this way about you of just being an open space for people to be aware of themselves and it'd be okay. Like you, I don't know. Mm, I don't know how that's to so good to hear. You just have a gifting in that. So as we kind of, um, did you want to share anything else around any of that before we move into our actual topic that we had for today? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, but I'll just respond to what you just said. I mean, I, I think I, I have all of these realizations. I've, I have them. I still have them. They're, they're kind of like penny drop moments all along the way where like, it's so much of what we feel and think is subconscious. Yeah. And it's when something comes to the surface that I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't even realize that I was feeling that way or I was thinking that way. Yeah. So, and that's been my whole journey. Like it's, mm. it's, you know, for the last 10 years, really, since that first miscarriage, mm. it's been this like opening of Pandora's box where mm. yeah, each, you know, it happens all the time now where I, I suddenly come to this realization. I have this penny drop moment where I have been feeling some way inside that I didn't even realize I was feeling, or I was thinking something that I didn't realize I was thinking. And it's, it's allowing that stuff to come to the surface when you, you can finally see it, that you can release it and, and allow it to just, yeah, I don't know, just let it go so that you yeah. can move on. Yeah. That's good. It's beautiful. And also, for me, I think sometimes it's realizing that it's okay that it comes in layers and there can be waves and moments of it. It doesn't mean that I've gone backwards or it doesn't mean that I haven't healed or it doesn't mean that I'm not in a good place. And I think we sometimes expect ourselves to like be okay once we've had a revelation, but then more revelations come and you I just want to encourage people to know that it does come in layers. I mean, we're growing mm -hmm. in layers. We, we are always evolving into who we are meant to be. And that comes with growth and understanding and awareness and learning and all of that kind of stuff. And so um, we can't expect ourselves to have one revelation of our own emotions and then it be done. It is going to be layered and, it means that we are evolving into that person that we're meant to be versus staying stagnant in one place in one revelation, you know? So, yeah. and I think that's why conversations like this are so fun because 
we get to learn from each other. We have different backgrounds. We probably have different uh, methods and focuses and beliefs and rhythms of relationships, but we get to learn from one another. And hopefully, you know, as we share with the listeners, they're learning as well and evolving into that space of wherever they need to be in that moment. Because what you might get out of this podcast is different than what I might get out of it. But if we're both leaned in and able to take in even just one thing, I always say that on my podcast, like if you can take one thing, like just one thing that applies to where you are today, um, it's worth it, you know? So that's why I'm Mm -hmm. excited about this topic because I think for um, the listeners who are either making a decision uh, to step into a life of childlessness, um, or they are have already made that decision, or maybe circumstances are forcing that decision. Um, I hope that they'll. I hope this is going to give them like a really good tool to navigate the other side of the decision. And so, for me, you posted something the other day on social media, and you were talking about how um, a lot of times childless women, um, the perspective on our busyness or lack of, for some people's perspective, um, you really tackled the topic. And it was something that I had honestly been thinking about. And for me, uh, lately, I have felt um, a little bit of judgment in different environments of my life and my schedule and my rhythm. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, so I clicked on it immediately. Um, and I, I loved um, just kind of how you took, you know, like little perspectives and kind of addressed them just in a short uh, post. But I wanted to really honestly just let you share on it. You know, what stirred it? I know why I was feeling the draw to it. Um, you know, I work full time and my husband and I run a nonprofit full time. So I do have a busy life, but I also don't like mornings and I sleep until 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. And but I might work till 11 or 12 o'clock, you know, so um, that's why it stirred for me, because I was just like, okay, people's perspective on what my life should be like or is like is not always how it is. So I'm going to let you jump in and just kind of share what stirred the post and then just take us on a road with it. I, I'm excited to hear more of what you have to say about it. Sure. Yeah. It's, it feels like a really hot topic in my life right now for a few different yeah. reasons that I'll get into, but the post was about, about busy moms and yeah. how childless women are just as busy and, yep. Yep. and we, I, so I, I guess it started way back because I was always triggered by that phrase as a busy mom, mm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that kind of started it. And I, I sort of thought that it was just me for a while, but mm. it really started to come up on, in my group coaching program, women started to talk about it okay. over the last few weeks. And I realized that this wasn't just a me thing, that this actually was, was pretty common yeah. In amongst childless women where we feel like we're we're pretty busy. Yeah. And and it's not just moms who are busy. And there's probably, I don't know, maybe there's a mom listening to this saying, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> but it's not, yeah. you know, and there's a whole bunch of reasons why that I can yeah. get into um as to why we are just as busy yeah. as the moms. We're just busy with different things. 
Yep. Yeah, I love. Uh, so one of the things that you said on here was childless women will make themselves busy to distract themselves from the grief, sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously. And so I, I want to make sure I say out loud that I want to navigate to that one comment there. But something that you just said that's interesting is, you know, um, busy moms being like a trigger or maybe a stir for some people. And I think it's like, and you might not agree with this. So hopefully I don't throw us off by saying this, but I just think like overall as women, we are busy human beings and it doesn't matter if you have one kid, five kids, no kids, we shouldn't be making a judgment on each other anyways. Like meaning why does it matter that we have this stigma of busy mom or busy women? It's like there is a need for us to honor the space in which we as women dwell and to realize that most likely there's a level of juggling that we can't all completely relate to. Even if like, for example, you and I our busy is going to be totally different from one another and the things that we invest our hearts in and the levels in which we um, are giving to those things. And it's the same for, you know, my friends who have children, they're busy, but I don't, they shouldn't judge their busy to one another. Um, so I guess I just would love to hear your thoughts on that statement of like, why do we judge each other in the first place? Um, I think we should be lifting <laughs> each other up and encouraging the fact that we are all working really hard to be the best that we can be and do all the things that we're doing. Oh my goodness. There's so much that I want to say to that. <laughs> Did so. I just open up a big big can of worms. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know what? So it's funny. A part of what spurred that post is, is that I just interviewed, I have a twin sister and I interviewed her on my podcast and her specialty is she's a leadership coach. Okay. And she awesome. helps busy professionals okay. to, you know, go from busy to being. Yeah. And so I've learned a lot from her and, and what, and we've really kind of delved into the, the fact that this is a busy woman thing. It's yes. not a busy yeah. mom thing. It, like I you agree. said, yeah, yeah, women are all busy and that yes. stems from a few different things. There's, there's kind of three, there's kind of three reasons. So there's historical mm. patriarchy. Um, that has led women, that has, how do I put this without coming across as too controversial? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're the, usually controversial on here. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's be controversial. So there, we live in this paradigm, this very patriarchal paradigm that has conditioned women to believe that we serve. It is our job to serve others before we care for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that is so deeply ingrained in us for thousands of years. Yeah. And, you know, like four or 5,000 years and, uh, since the birth of, of patriarchy. And so that's part of what keeps us busy is this feeling like we have to, that is how we yeah. become worthy yeah. in the men's eyes yeah. is that we stay busy. We are productive. We keep yeah. serving everybody else. Yeah. But then. There's the two other things, which 
are, and I'll, I'll bring this back to the childless women in a second, but in general, we use busyness to distract ourselves. Yeah. So guilty as to distract ourselves from, from (laughs) difficult. Yeah. I said guilty. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Me too. Um, distract ourselves from difficult emotions, whether it's grief yeah. or shame or pain, yeah. pain of some sort, we use busyness to distract ourselves because then we don't have yeah. to think about it. And yeah. then the other thing is that we, um, we use busyness to, because we believe that it makes us more valuable mm. and busyness is glorified in our society. Yeah. That's partly yeah. from that, that patriarchy. Yeah. So we can't, we don't even want to stop being busy. Yeah. We want to be busy because that, that says that we're valuable. Think about, you know, when you say, oh, well, I leave work at five every day. I'm not that busy. Mm-hmm. That makes you feel less important right. when you say, oh, I'm yeah. so busy. I've, you know, I'm putting up fires yeah. every day and yeah. I'm at work till eight o'clock at night. Yeah. That makes you feel important. Yeah. So. And it's the same whether that's whether you're a mom or a, a child as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And I think it's this mindset of realizing that at least this is my value system, my beliefs, is that we actually should be in relationships, whether friendships or um, spouse or whatnot, where you're lear- loving and serving one another because then it becomes an equal thing and it's not a one is doing more than the other. It's like this opportunity for relationships to be a give and take, give and take when that's fluid, when that's something where both are showing up in a way of, or you you expect other people to show up in a way that is fluid and it's both sides and it's it doesn't feel like one's being demanded to do more than the other. And so that's something that I've learned in my life that for me has helped with this, this whole mindset, because I can tend to fall into the, like, I've got to do all this stuff. I've got to, like, I, I just even said this last week and I'm like, Oh my gosh, we haven't done anything all day. And my husband was Mm -hmm. like, really? Like, that's how you're feeling right now. You know, like, and we just kind of talked about it and he's like, but we both all week have been doing blah, blah, blah. And so he just helped me. And when he said that though, what was beautiful about it for me is that I realized in our week, we had both been serving. Like it wasn't a, I wasn't feeling that way because I was demanded um, in reality. Now, maybe I expect that of myself sometimes, but it's breaking that mindset down, but I hadn't been expected to serve more than him or in my friendships or in our family our family dynamic, like with my brother or my parents, like we serve each other. We give and take to one another because our lives ebb and flow. And I bring this up for a reason and I'll, I'll get to it. I'll wrap up to it. But like, if, if my parents have a busy season, I'm like, Hey, I can come help with this. Or we have a busy season and my parents come they're like, Hey, we'll come, we'll take care of the dog. Or we'll, my mom loves making dinners and doing laundry. I'll do the laundry. You know, like we, it's serving one another and it's having a mindset of being in an equal relationship of give and take so that you can shift that mindset of, um, I'm the only one that has to show up and give. 
And I just, I wanted to share that because I think sometimes we can't get there if we don't expect our relationships to look that way. Um, And so I think what's really cool about what you're saying is all of those areas, there is an element of power that we have within ourselves to say like, hey, I realize this is why I'm operating out of too busy. And then also I realize I need to share these things with the people in my life so that one, I don't let them expect it of me and I don't expect it of myself, you know? Um, so yeah. talk, talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how would you encourage other people in, in their revelation of maybe why, like out of those things that you shared, maybe they're, they're leaning into one and they're saying like, Oh gosh, that's so me. Like, how would you navigate them or encourage them once they've had that revelation? What's kind of the steps to not deal with it? I think that's not a great word, but learn and grow from it. Well, it's a really great question because it's easy to say, like we can all intellectualize. We need to take better care of ourselves we need yeah. to accept help in our relationships. Like yeah. we need to actually receive yeah. help and support from our the relationship the relationships with the people we have around us. Yeah. But most women have trouble doing that. Mm-hmm. So there's a step like recognizing, recognizing it is really the first step. Just recognizing your role yeah. in keeping yourself busy. But you won't for example, you know, in, in your example, you won't accept support from your mom to come and do the laundry and, and help you with dinner if you don't feel worthy of that and deserving good. of that. Yeah, that's good. Yep. You won't, you'll feel yeah. guilty about it. Even if you yeah. allow her to do it and then you yeah. feel guilty about it. Yeah. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah. This is, yeah. it's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey. That's for sure. It is. But that's one way that you know that your self-worth could use a boost is feel guilty when someone offers you help or support, you feel guilty taking it or you say, no, 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 no. I got this. I'm, I'm good. Or you accept it. And then you try to repay like a hundred times over. Right. Yeah. Those are all signs that you don't feel deserving Mm -hmm. or worthy of receiving that. And you will just, you know, someone will help you or, you know, bring you dinner and then you get doing and making them 10 dinners in return. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you more busy. So that's exaggeration, but. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point though. mm -hmm. So it's, it's the first thing is really, first step is, is recognizing that you're contributing to your busyness. The second thing Mm, is understanding that it's your self-worth, your sense of worthiness that's coming into play. And that's what you need to start to work on. And that's really, this is my whole jam. Awakening worth podcast is we talk a lot about about to like jump into your hot spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm getting on my soapbox here. <laughs> we talk a lot in the childless industry or the ch- industry, I don't know what to call it, space. Yeah, that's good. About grief. Mm-hmm. And we talk about, you know, we are worthy, but 
I don't, I mean, even for myself, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I really, I'm like, yes, I need to be worthy, but I had no idea. Like I really couldn't put my finger on how that felt or how to build that or they're two different things. Grief is one piece of it. Building that worthiness is the other and they're separate things. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. I've never heard it said like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, we think of we think of these feelings. I'm getting onto kind of a different topic now, but you know, okay. our feelings of of being excluded, for example, mm. or our feelings of not being as good as the moms. Yeah, that is that is worthiness or mm. a lack thereof. Yeah. But that's not grief. Yeah, that stems from probably a very long history. Yeah. Like for most women, it stems from childhood. It stems from the patriarchy. It's all these things that lead us to feel that lack of worthiness. It just manifests when you become childless. Well, I think when that's a good point. It. Yeah, that's a really good point of um, some of the things that we maybe discover about ourselves as we step into you know, this childless community, I think sometimes we can muddy the waters on what has happened because of our childlessness and what hasn't. And I think we have to realize that separating that out is really important so that as we are grieving, um, we don't bring more to grieve than we need to. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. and, and the things that we need to deal with this is this was a huge revelation for me. There were things that Jason and I had to deal with in our marriage. There were things I had to come to a revelation of myself that I always combined to be a part of this crazy journey that we were on. And really, it wasn't. It wasn't about it at all. It's not where it stemmed from. It's not where um, it's not where I needed to place blame. And so I think it's sometimes, so I'm glad you went here because it's not really something I've ever addressed on this uh, podcast or with any other um, conversation that I've had. So I think it's a good one of realizing like, don't take into this childless journey, what doesn't belong there and separate it out so that you can be a holistic person. We talk about, we we don't just want to be childless. We don't just want to grieve all the time. We want to redefine our lives, you know, all this stuff. But we can't do that if we don't actually address ourselves aside from it. Because it's not who we are. Yes. What would it's be true. some, what would be some, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. What would be some ways that you have seen helpful as you've been coaching women to do that, like, cause that's a hard revelation. I think it's a little humbling for us to realize that some of, some of our junk, some of our need for attention and self-awareness is not to do with our childless or infertility journey. Um, and it's sometimes easier to just clump it all in and make it the same thing. Um, so what are some things that you've found maybe one that, have become revelations or to how you would help people kind of sift through that. I, so the way that I do it inside of my program is in phases. 
So we we work on the grief first because that yeah. is really kind of that's first real. And, and yeah, f- that's real. And and you can't do the other stuff if yeah. you've got grief in the way. I love that. Yeah, you have to let true. go. And it's a back and forth. It's not a you know we take care of grief and then we work on this. It's there's you know you just need to to let go of some of that grief mm-hmm. in order to get to some of the other stuff. It's so good. we we do some of that first. And then we start exploring the whole concept of self-worth. I I feel like so much of our pain and shame and and things that have happened to us in the world, like outside of the realization that we're not having children is boils down to self-worth. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. We look at that. Like we begin to look at that from like, how is this manifesting? as a childless woman. Cause that's, yeah. it's like the realization that you're not going to be a mom is, is a catalyst. Oh yeah. For a girl. Oh, like yeah. it's, yeah. it's kind of a rock bottom of sorts. Yeah. And yeah. it's when you kind of start to put back the piece, like it, you really start, it shows you all of these other things about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good we look at self-worth from that perspective. Like how is, you know, the, it's the lack of belonging that we talked about before the, Mm -hmm. those feelings of not being good enough or being inadequate or, um, you know, even not feeling like you're fully a woman because you haven't carried a pregnancy, like all of those things. Um, we start to explore those and where did the feeling stem from? Mm. And usually that goes back to like, when have I felt this before? When have I felt like I didn't belong? When have I felt excluded? This is not the first time I can guarantee it. Yeah. Most for most women, it goes back to like high school or or elementary school where you like weren't one of the popular crowd or somebody, you know. Yeah. It stems back further than this defining moment in your life. Yeah. 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 So it's... Yeah. Answering your question. I don't know if that answered your question. No, that it's, was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a process and it's a practice. Yeah, um, that's good. That's right there. It's a practice because mm-hmm. we can go through a process and quit the press practice, which means we've quit the process. And so I think um, what you shared is really true, very practical, but also um, there's a lot of depth behind what you've just shared of, process and practice and realizing like back to what we were talking about at the beginning of um, we're always learning and evolving. And mm-hmm. if we stop that in the process, then we are losing out and we are missing um, a fullness in our life. We're missing whether that be connection or healing or whatever it might be. I think, you know, that's not for us to define for other people, but whatever it might be in their own story or journey, it's important that the process and the practices happen. Um, and I love those, you know, thoughts of really dealing with the grief first, because you're right. It, it keeps everything in a dark place is what, how I describe it. I think grief can wrap everything in a dark place and mm. light can't shine on whatever else we might need to see until we have been able to heal from that grief. So 
Um, I think that's really good. And then just looking at it from, okay, where is our self-worth and how do we evaluate that? And, and what are the tools, whether it be counseling or, you know, coaching groups like you have, or, you know, listening to podcasts like this, what are the ways that we can gain insight and knowledge and give ourselves space to find our own worth, you know? Um, Cause Absolutely. it goes back to the whole, I really, this ties into the whole busy thing of going back to what you shared. Like one of the reasons we can be busy is because of our self-worth and the lack of it. And so how we navigate our value and our worth is so important because it affects everything in our lives. It affects our relationships. It affects how we um, approach our schedules or our um, our jobs, you know, the relationships that we have, whether it be family or friends or spouses. And so it just, oh man, it's so layered. We could like dive into like self-worth on so many levels, but I think you've given us some really good, um, practical, but yet like taking some time and space to go deep within yourself. You know, what do you feel is, um, if you were to to share with the listeners how you have personally been able to balance, maybe, I don't know if that's the word you would use, um, but create a rhythm within your life that allows you to walk in worth, but also do the things in life you've got to do. Mm-hmm. Well, that too is a practice. Yep. Yep. Um, Agreed. (laughs) And it's so, so I think of it like a muscle that needs to be exercised. It's, it's small steps. So, and there's lots of worthy activities, like lots of there's lots of things that make us feel unworthy and there's lots of things that we do that make us feel worthy. Mm. So for example, um, what was a good example? Setting a boundary is something that makes us feel worthy and, and actually maintaining that boundary without guilt. So yeah, that's good. Let's take baby showers. For example, we, if we're, if we struggle with self-worth, we might show up to the baby shower, even though we we don't feel at all like we can really show up for the baby shower. Yeah. And so going to the baby shower and not being able to show up is an unworthy activity. That's something that's going to reinforce that you need to please your yeah. friend before yourself yeah. Yeah. and show up no matter how you feel. Yeah. A worthy activity or worthy exercise would be to say, thank you so much for the invite. I really don't Mm. feel up to it, but I would love to get together one-on-one and celebrate your pregnancy. That's awesome. And one day when I'm feeling up to it and that's setting a boundary and that's caring for yourself. Yeah. And not feeling guilty about that. Yeah. That's good. That's so really practice, good. Practicing yeah. those types of things. Yeah. What would you say like, okay, so let's say somebody implements that and they're really struggling with the guilt piece after what in that moment around that's we're using this scenario. 
what would you encourage them? How do they stop that? I call it the madness in my mind mm-hmm. of feeling just so guilty or so bad about myself for doing that, questioning myself, you know, like the madness starts. How would you encourage them, one, to stop it, or two, if they're already just in it and they haven't even thought to stop it, what do you do? Like, how do you, how do you in that moment find your worth and stop the madness? So there's a series of steps that I teach within my program, but I'm I'm going to try to summarize it here. So the first step is always witnessing. It's always, it's observing. Yeah. And so that can be something that you do, like maybe you even set an alarm to do it periodically through your day. Mm. So in your example, it's, it's noticing oh, I'm feeling guilty about this. Yeah. yeah. And that, and and just that noticing is yeah. going to change things Good. for you. Yep. It's yep. noticing when you're feeling guilty, when yep. you're feeling like you're going to disappoint somebody. Yeah. Or when you're, you know, noticing when you're trying to please somebody else instead of honoring your true feelings. Yeah. That's, that's going to change so much is just oh, yeah. witnessing observing yourself from yeah. almost like stick, taking a step outside of yourself and, and yeah. observing. Yeah. And then you can begin to, to break that down. So it's, you know, okay, in the moment, I'm going to just breathe through this. And, yeah. and, you know, when you're in the moment, it's, there's not a lot you can do other than breathe through it, notice yeah. and, and allow yourself to just feel whatever it is you're feeling. But then you can take some time later and go home and get your journal out or sit in the quiet for a bit and really try to dig into Mm. why do I feel guilty about this? And when have I felt this way before? What's the voice? Like, where's the voice coming from inside my head that's telling me I should go to this? Who's telling me that? Like, is that me or is that... That usually came from somebody else somewhere in yeah. your in your past. Yeah. That's really good. I I love how you just kind of broke that down of even just the like um you didn't call it awareness, but the recognizing what's happening in that moment is kind of even a jolt in itself. Um that was really good. I was taking notes. That's I love that. Because I think we never well back to what we shared at the beginning, everything's in layers. And so I think if we can realize that and set our, our posture in that way and knowing that when those moments come, it's okay. And we will get through it. And there is a way to, um, practice through it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll say like that. I love just the, like the practices that you're mentioning today, the process, the way to to go about it, the simple but yet really powerful things that we can do in those moments. Um, also, I love, because as we wrap up, like, I love how you're giving us a little bit of a teaser of your coaching groups, your focus groups. And I am glad because I was like, oh, she just led really well into the fact that I want you to share with us um, a little bit about your focus groups, because I mean, I can tell you right now, I'm like, I might need to sign up for the next round. Um, <laughs> it's just the way that you're going about sharing today. 
I really want to encourage the listeners of Bear Not Broken to check out your focus groups. One, to listen to your podcast because you're going to get more of this goodness, but also um, to really look at what's available for your focus groups and sign up for them. Because if you're a childless woman, you want to be around other women who are who are practicing these kinds of things, who are implementing this way of life, you know? Um, when I, when we stepped into this, when I stepped in to being a childless woman, by circumstances, not by a choice I wanted to make, I didn't know the first thing about navigating it and how could I do this well? Who was I? All the layers. And just in this short podcast, you have given us so many things to think about and to implement in our lives. And if you're a childless woman listening, man, you've got to get into the focus groups because you're going to be able to learn with other women who are going through it. So I'm going to shut up now and I want you to tell (laughs) us all about it because um, I'm excited. I think it's, it's just needed. I wish I would have had it at the beginning of my journey. Um, and wish I would have met you, but I'm so glad I met you now. So mm, share with us too. a little Sherry about just the focus groups, what they're about, where they can get signed up for them. And then also just kind of what it looks like. Give us a little inside scoop. Yeah. Thanks so much for that intro. I, I am really excited about them and they, the first round of them went so well. So I'm excited to bring them back. These are, so they're free focus groups and I, I limit them to a small number of women so that there is, it's so that it feels safe to share. Yeah. But I essentially walk through my framework for, it's a three pillar framework for navigating the grief, the self-worth that we talked about. And then the third one is really to begin to reimagine and recreate your future with purpose, with legacy. You and I have talked about legacy before. Yeah. And, and so we walk through those three pillars, we share a little bit and, and it's a a space where it's all childless women who are are looking to empower themselves to get through this and to, to move past some mm-hmm. of the grief and and into yeah. a place of feeling worthy and an equal woman yeah. in society. Yeah, so they're no more than an hour, usually about 45 minutes, depending awesome. on how much people share. Yeah. And I'm starting them up again in the third week of September. So okay. the 18th. Awesome. And yeah. And then my, my actual group program will open up after that, but we'll the free focus groups are are kind of what I really enjoy doing just awesome. before that. Yeah. yeah. And do they meet weekly, monthly? How does that look? I just do a week of them. I, this might okay. look different going forward. I think okay. I'll probably do them on a weekly basis going forward. Okay. Yeah. But I'm planning right now for, because we've got World Childless Week coming up. There's a few yeah. things going on in September. Yeah. Once that's all over, I'm going to be hosting a bunch of them in the that's third awesome. week of September. And that allows me to get at different time zones. So yeah, yeah, that's I've good. had people from all over the world. So I, I do them that's at different awesome. times of the day. So people yeah. can, um, so people can join no matter where they're at in the world. That's awesome. Do you still do um, one-on-one coaching with, with individuals? I do. Mm. Awesome. 
tell us a little bit about that. I would love for for the listeners to be able to have that opportunity as well. Sure. Yeah, that's basically I take everything that I teach my women in my group coaching program and dial it in one-on-one. So it's a really unique experience where they get that one-on-one coaching and, and it's basically the same framework that I just apply to the unique, um, issues, um, questions, whatever it is of the, the woman in front of me. That's awesome. I love that. Well, Sherry, if there was anything else you could leave with the listeners today, um, what would that one thing be? If there was anything that you didn't say or share, um, I just want to give you space to just encourage the listeners with one last thing. You know, the thing that's top of mind today is that time does not heal all wounds. Mm. I think we learned that from, I don't even remember the first time I heard that. I was probably yeah. a kid. Yeah. Same. And it's not time that heals, yeah. it's action. Oh, that's good. Taking action on, you know, it's, it's, I said this today in a, I think on a reel, it's like having a broken leg, that, that broken leg, like your body will heal itself eventually, but taking some action, getting the bone reset, putting a cast on it, maybe doing physio afterwards, that's going to help you to heal so much more quickly and, and, and better. So it's the same with emotions. If you take some action and empower yourself and do, yeah, you know, some, you know, you, you go to a retreat, like you have, you do yeah. a program, you listen to a podcast, you do something, yeah. you're going to heal good. so much more quickly. That's so good. I love that. I wrote that down. That's really good. Well, thank you so much for sharing just your heart on the topics and that we addressed and then just sharing what you offer to this community. Cause I think it's special. I think, I think it's unique in that what I said earlier, just how you approach things. Uh, I really appreciate that. And I value that. And I'm just honored to, again, once get to sit and chat with you and learn from you and also just enjoy, like, one thing that I love about talking with other childless women is I get to enjoy kind of realizing how far I've come. And I don't mean that as like a very self, it sounds like a very selfish statement, but when we have these conversations that I'm like, like, okay, like I'm doing that. I like, I've learned these things that I, I am listening to the podcast. I am checking out the Instagram posts. I am, you know, and so it's like, you get to have a conversation with somebody else and realize a couple of things. One, where have I come? Like, look how far I've come. And then also mm-hmm. like, what do I have yet to learn? And Um, I'm just honored Mm -hmm. that you enter that space with me today of just letting me learn and grow and the listeners and community of Bear Not Broken, but then also allowing us space to realize where we have grown and, um, how far we've come in our own journey and our own story. So that's been an encouragement to me today and I'm just honored to have you. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I yeah. I would say the same to you. I learn you. every time we talk and, awesome. and it allows me to also see. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, thank you so much for being with us today. And I hope that, I mean, I am sure that there were some nuggets dropped that you can take and apply 
that as you give yourself space to be self-aware that you're able to set in some new practices. And so I'm just so honored to have had this conversation with Sherry. Remember, no matter the barren places in our lives, we do not have to live broken.